Hello and welcome. My name is John Hicks from the Study with Dyslexia blog and Parenting Dyslexia. I want to talk about the mental preparation behind writing essays. More recently, I've done some work with Stuart Marsden from Claro Software, where we've looked at their product, Writing Helper, that helps to, to get essentially all your ducks in the row so that you can get uh, an essay out in a way that is expected from um, educational establishments such as schools and colleges and so forth. What I want to do is dig a bit deeper into the mental preparation side of that. So the, the thinking in, is with Claro um, Writing Helper was that um, you can focus more on getting your information straight first before you had to worry about the, the format of an essay. And that's the bit I'm particularly interested in. So um, I've, I've made some notes. So interestingly, for me to prepare for this, I've um, had to do a big old mind map on my A3 pad, something I use a lot. And this helps me to get my thinking straight. But I use mind mapping, handwritten mind maps. Um, I also use um, electronic mind maps on, on, on my laptop, as well as more recently playing around with Claro Writing Helper. So, okay, so here's the thing. When you're someone with any kind of neurodiversity, including dyslexia, and let's not forget that you know, there's no one size fits all type of dyslexia. Everyone's got different strengths and weaknesses. But in general terms, what we seem to know about people with dyslexia is that actually, um, whilst they might tell themselves that they're not, they are often very good thinkers. Why are they good thinkers? Well, they're good thinkers because the information that they they get when it goes into the brain um neurotypical people tend to sort of have a bit of a linear approach to thinking so they, so they need a piece of information to get to a certain part of the brain and it just goes straight there with dyslexia it's been more described as um imagine a ping pong ball going in and it's bouncing around different parts of the brain um and then so that's that's the reason for perhaps what's called slow processing. But what I've kind of discovered over the years is actually with slow processing, what it really means is, is you're taking a little bit more time to think a lot more about the piece of information that's going in the brain. So yes, maybe we need to slow things up a bit. Yes, we need to take a bit of time to, to think about the piece of information and, and digest it. But when we do, our brains are brilliant at looking at that piece of information from lots of different angles. Um, and, you know, we will talk about sort of um, famous um, dyslexics like architects, for example, who are great at um, seeing a house and, and, and working out what they want to do with it because they're very good with their visual skills. They can think about the visual skills. And, and the same goes with any kind of information, really, is that if we can chill out and, and, and then take the information in and have the time to play with it in terms of our brains and processing it, then often we'll come back with a bunch of different arguments or different views or opinions about that piece of information that perhaps other people haven't thought of or even given themselves time to think about. So, so in terms of mentally preparing to write an essay, what I want to kind of explore is how we view the task of writing an essay. And so often when you're at university or, or, or if you're at college, A-levels, whatever, you, you set an essay to do and you know that the expectation is that this linear piece of text has to be written, um, you know, introduction, middle bit, ending, 
referencing, all the rest of it that goes with it, word counts. So all these little things you have to worry about, or we think we have to worry about first, and we tend and they tend to be the things that play us to our weaknesses. So we come to do this task of writing an essay, and we're stressed about all the ins and outs of writing an essay, and we kind of forget that actually what's important is about what it is we're writing, the storyline, if if you will. What am I trying to communicate? And I know that I've found it very easy to feel overwhelmed by writing a long piece of text, but that overwhelm kind of goes when I come at it from a different perspective. So um, with the overwhelm comes a lot of stress and anxiety. With that stress and anxiety might come a little bit of avoidance. Maybe we leave it to the last minute. We have that, oh my gosh moment, I need to hand it in tomorrow. So then we, we seem to have the energy to get it done the night before. So what we're doing is we're putting it off until it's too late and then we're rushing and then we get it out. And then we tell ourselves, oh, well, we need that last minute.com element because that helps us to be creative. Well, no, what's probably what's going on is that that is your very last chance and you don't have a choice, you've got to do it. So you do it, you, you kind of burst that procrastination bubble when you get on with it. But what if we could do it sooner? What if we could allow ourselves to be, to be able to think in our most creative and enjoy the process of writing, whether it's an essay, whether it's a scientific report, whatever it is, what would happen if we actually allowed ourselves to enjoy the process? And here's the, the step that I want to kind of share with you. And this is about changing a perspective. This is really, really important. If we see writing a long piece of text as a huge chore, then unsurprisingly, we're not going to want to do it. And then we're going to put it off. And then it's going to bring about a whole range of outcomes as a result of that. And like I say, it leads to the lastminute.com element. Maybe we miss out on opportunities to, to have more of a social life because we now need to spend those last hours doing the work when maybe we could have done it ages ago and, and have a bit more of a chilled out life. But we need to acknowledge those feelings, right? We need to acknowledge that sometimes we can feel very alone when we're feeling overwhelmed. We've been set a task, as have all of our colleagues, but sometimes we can feel like it, we're the ones that with the real struggle. We, we take 10 times longer to think about it or we, we feel that we put you know, hours more effort in than everyone else only to get like the same mediocre kind of level of attainment. So there's overwhelm in there. that it, It's tiring. Maybe it's very easy to feel distracted. We, we, we want the stimulus in the brain. We want something that's going to make us feel good. And this essay writing isn't. So we're not motivated. So let's change the perspective. Let's try and get motivated. Let's try and turn this thing that we have to do, whether we like it or not. Let's try and at least make it enjoyable. Now, so often when we talk about dyslexia, uh, maybe an assumption is made that that means then if you've got dyslexia, you can't be a good writer. Uh, I, I, I disagree with that. So um, I appreciate that having dyslexia might affect how we do the physical writing. Yeah, it might. If we're, if we're handwriting, it might affect us. If we're putting um, text together, it, we might might be affected by by dyslexia. Um, maybe it, you know, the reading process, the proofreading process is affected because it's tiring to read and the rest of it. So in terms of the, mecha the mechanics of writing, yes, maybe the dyslexia causes us a problem. But that's about the mechanics. That's about the logistics of. 
and 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 so often that's the thing we worry about first but i believe a lot of people with dyslexia are awesome thinkers and i've already talked about why so why don't we allow ourselves the time to enjoy the thinking process the thing that we're the thing that we're very very good at and allow ourselves the time to play with the information to find the information to do the research to get all the information together maybe down on a page maybe down on a software program just collect information that is going to help us to put a story together then maybe we can find an enjoyable way of putting that story together right let's not worry about how it needs to be communicated yet I like to use the term translation, right? So we get the information together in our own way. And maybe we're, we're not thinking about it in a linear format, we're thinking about it in a non-linear way. So that, you know, that last bit of information we might find first and get very excited about it. And, th and then we, we then find actually that the first bit of information is more important initially. Uh, but it doesn't matter which order we, we, we find the information. We just need to get the information. So let's enjoy the process. Allow ourselves to enjoy the process. So once we've done that process of thinking, getting the information together that we need in our own way. right? And there's loads of ways of collating information and working it out. Uh, if you look at my notes and my mind maps, they won't make a lot of sense to you. They make a lot of sense to me. The trick is, is communicating that mind map content and putting it into an essay or, or for me, lots of blog articles. Okay, so, so here's the thing. So before we move on to the next bit, let me just tell you, some of the best writers of our time are dyslexic. And I've got some people here so um, that I want to share with you. Agatha Christie was dyslexic really really famous crime writer f scott fitzgerald who wrote the great gatsby is dyslexic one of my favorite writers is jules verne and um and he did a whole bunch of like travel books um around the world in 80 days and Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea that's one of my favorite films and when i read the book it was really interesting because he'd if you read the book, it's almost like a biology textbook because he's talking about loads of undersea creatures and, and where they're from and, and their, their families and sort of sort of biological aspects that biologists would use. Amazing. And, and he did this all from his living room. He'd ne he never travelled to these places. He was just based in France somewhere, just thinking, you know, thinking out. He got his research together and then he put a story together and, you know, the rest is history, I guess. More recently, Linda LaPlante, who's uh, another uh, kind of crime writer for TV, she's dyslexic too. No, you may not be a famous writer, but the point is you can choose how you relate to your dyslexia in writing. You can see it as a chore, or you can see it as an opportunity to show off your brilliance, your intelligence. So what I want to encourage you to do then is to think about the best way for you to get the information together that you need to be able to write a story. Okay, maybe you're you're being told what to write at school or college and so, or university. So you have a title, right? What is it you want to communicate? And it may be you have to um, include a bunch of learning objectives. More recently, I did a an essay for a course that I was on, and they gave me a bunch of learning objectives. And what I had to do was to fill in the gaps. I took a mind mapping approach to 
finding the information. So it was like, okay, learning objective, what do I need to find? Okay, well, it's my fifth learning objective. Shouldn't I be doing the first one first? No, you can do it in whatever order you want. I mean, with the mind mapping work I did, I, I literally did that. I darted all over and took the bits that I fancied doing first and then completed that and then filled in the rest of it. But I did it in plenty of time and got the essay in. And what I did was I got the information first, got it all together so that I understood it, knew what it was that I wanted to communicate, storyboarded, if you like, if I can use that term, what the essay should then communicate. And then I translated all that information into the final formatted essay for the course. And interestingly, when I allowed myself to think in my own creative way and to collate the information in my own creative way, and then put the worries of how the, the essay should look in terms of the logistics of it and the technicalities of writing an essay. When I put those worries to one side and allowed myself to enjoy the thinking process, I came up with a much better, more engaging piece of coursework for my course. So I just want to encourage you, or if you're a parent or a teacher, to encourage your students to maybe consider changing the perspective on writing large, bulky pieces of coursework or essays and so forth. Let's try and find creative ways to enjoy getting the information together. Once that process is done, then get the story together in a way that's translated into what the school or college requires from us. I hope you found this podcast episode useful. If you need any more information or you've got any questions, I'd love to kind of see your questions in the comments below. And um, if you want to get in touch with me, please do contact me via the Studying with Dyslexia blog. I want to wish you all the best for the start of term that is happening shortly. Bye for now.